Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen here with Linda Armstrong and Rita Giganti. Today is Friday, May the 15th, 2020, 4 p.m. New York time, wherever you are in the world. Thanks for joining us for another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy, and we are happy to be continuing our discussion of a book that Rita brought to our attention called Working with the Law, 11 Truth Principles for Successful Living by Raymond Hollywell, first published in 1939. And while the book may be old, the ideas are very familiar to us in this era. It's, I mean, everybody who writes about this stuff has their own sets of laws. You were talking about that, Linda, last time. But yeah. uh, it's it's all very similar to what we hear from the other teachers. I, I still can't be... I, I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. I'm, I'm a little surprised that I have not heard of Raymond Hollywell before. Hmm. I mean, because there are plenty of people who write out there, but he's been around a long time and, and I didn't hear about him. I don't know. I'm, I'm still figuring that one out. But anyway, <laughs> it's all right. It's all good. So how are you ladies doing today? Good. Yeah. Enjoying the weather. Oh, the weather here in the Northeast is gorgeous today. Yes. Absolutely gorgeous. Yes. I got out for my walk and I didn't want to come back. I, mean, I know, right? I was going to stay out for the day, you know, forget it. Do a podcast with a phone, you know. <laughs> you know, and it's actually, it's the first time in a long time that I'm barefoot in my office here to do this. Because normally I'm freezing, you know, you got to put the sweater on. And, yeah. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. It's oh, that's great. Fun. Isn't it great to be barefoot? <laughs> yeah. Love it. It immediately grounds you. You're in your body. It feels fabulous. Yeah. yeah. It does. So how was your week, Rita? I mean, since you asked so, so kindly, how was things for yeah, you? Yeah, the, the week was, it was good. I have no complaints. I was working on a new book that I'm writing and uh, working on the stuff that we're going to do today. And mm-hmm. um, I I enjoyed what I read for sure. Mm. Um, and it, it's so, uh, of course, when you read it again, you're like, wow, it totally makes sense. It just is a, is a huge reminder even to, people like us who do this work and know it, you know, like we kind of deal with it on a daily basis with people and we know it, but when we read it for ourselves, it, it just triggers it all over again and mm-hmm. um, solidifies it in your energy. And, um, and I just like, I like sharing it with people. Cause I think um, I'd love to be able to hear other people's uh, input for it. Um, if they want to ask questions uh, today, cause I, I like that kind of uh, bouncing ideas off each other, but, um, yeah, so we, uh, I think we're starting with the law of non-resistance. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I just wanted to say, um, with what Rita, what Rita was just saying, <laughs> <can't speak. laughs> um, yeah, it's like, even though, you know, what he's talking about because you live yeah. it and you work with it, but it's almost like you get, to, like, I know for me anyway, I like to look at it. Like I'm looking at it, like, listen, reading it, like I've never seen it before. Right. So you're just taking it because, you know, a lot of times you can block something out because you think, you know, because you read it this way or you heard it this way. Right. So it's really cool to just be that open space to allow this interpretation to come in. And it's a great reminder. And, and like the simple things, like he, he put something so simple and it's like, yeah, that's it. It's, yeah. it's simple. Yeah, I, I love um, the topic. I mean, the idea of law of resistance. Now, this is not something most people would pick as their favorite topic. Resistance is actually one of my favorite topics. Is it? From my perspective, it's the most important thing to learn. Right. How to let go of resistance. I mean, once you get that one down, the rest of it's easy. I mean, that's yeah. really the hard one. <laughs> yeah, you know, another way of saying it is how to surrender. Yeah. You know, how to surrender. And, and it, it is the hardest for us to do because we feel like we're not in control. 
if if we don't you know if we surrender something or we're in non-resistance to something it's like Mm -hmm. where's our control and really what it is is when you do that it's like um synchronicity can happen so much easier and things can fall into place so much easier and the more you do it the more you get used to it um you know depending on what you know how some people can do that with little things Mm -hmm. and then they need to build up and then they get to a hard thing and they're like oh "Oh, damn i can't you know i don't know if i'm gonna be able to do this one but you just have to keep trying. You have to keep trying and knowing that you have the help. You know, you just have to ask and it's there. Of course, you get somebody like Abraham Hicks telling us that it's, it's easy to manifest a button as a castle. But those of us who try to actually do it in human form find the castle is a lot harder. And it's for that exact reason, because right. the bigger this right. stuff is, the harder it seems. Is it really harder? Not really. No, it's. I think in our minds it is, you know, because they talks a lot about thoughts. Your thoughts are what create everything. So in your mind, if you think, you know, a thousand dollars is too much, then, then start with five dollars, you know, start and then move up to 10 and 20. And eventually you'll feel comfortable with that thousand dollars. And if you don't, then we got to look deeper to see where that comes from. Right. What is Yeah. uh, Sorry. I was going to say, I like, um, he uses water as the analogy, you know, and, and he just puts it so simply because, and, and what I liked about it too, is because he talks about how the, the, where the water starts, like up in the mountains, I know guys that land up in the Adirondacks, the Hudson River is there. It's like, (laughs) there's like barely any water in it. Right. Right. And it's, you know, it's going around all these rocks and all these different things. But the way he puts it is the water is focused on getting to the ocean. Right. It doesn't care about the rocks in its way or the logs in its way, you know, and even though it's just a little bit of water here, it gathers some more here. And then it's maybe a little bit of water that, because if you if you if ever if you ever were able to drive along that Hudson River up there, you'll see like there's parts where there's it looks like it's just dry. There's barely anything there, mm. and then it, then there's another area where it opens up a bit more, you know. And then you see it here in New York, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes Amazing. that path of non-resistance, and it just knows innately to do it. Right. Is, it doesn't. You know, nothing has to get in the way. It just knows where it's going. It's going to the ocean. Right. Starts out with some raindrops. Goes to the ocean. It's a great example because actually that's the way nature works. Nature always works to the lowest level of resistance. Always. And it's something that I think scientists have have really grasped well, particularly in the last, I don't know, 25, 50 years, that nature always goes to the level of lowest resistance. And it's a reminder that this is the way life was originally created. That's the way the whole thing came together out of at the resistance so we shouldn't be surprised by it it should be well of course a duh so why isn't it i don't get that part (laughs) i think when we created duality and we created that resistance because we needed to know different parts of ourselves and all that when that stuff got created that's what made it harder for us to live in that non-resistance okay so um i think we're we're learning how to get back there but, you know, when you've been programmed for so long a certain way, you have to you have to work at it. You know, mm-hmm. it's not going to change overnight because uh, you want it to, because you still have those. Even if you don't know you have them, mm-hmm. those, you know, those those deeper rooted um, thought patterns, that's, you know, that's something you have to work with, you know. So what else does uh, Raymond have to tell us about uh, resistance or non-resistance? Well, 
let me go back to this one page here. Um, there's one thing where he says the wise ones, the wise ones will not fight the obstacles, but bless them and go on. As they go on with faith and assurance, they grow stronger and become like the great stream and the river. Right. So I was reading a note here where, and it's on a different page, but it, it was like agree with the adversary. <laughs> to disagree only fuels the argument, which is the block. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we think about that, because a lot of people get stuck in that ego, right? And they have to prove themselves or their way or whatever right. it has to be. And then that energy becomes really heavy. Right. I like to do it as that it's like the trying and when you're trying, trying is heavy, right? Mm. We want to let it flow. Like, so I love that water and it's good to remind yourself. And I wanted to ask my husband, but I, I, I ran out of time. Um, I think Bruce Lee has some kind of thing he says too about be like the water. You know, I'm like, yeah. 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 Just be like the water. Uh, I mean, even if you're having a, you know, you're going to have an argument with somebody or, you know, your spouse or whoever, um, Whenever you have to prove your point and they have to prove their point, you're meeting at a place of resistance. So nothing gets settled. You're just there to prove your point. That's true. But when you can listen with an open heart and they're talking and you can say, oh, I can understand how that feels. And they can say the same thing. Now we're taking the path of least resistance. And now we might be able to settle whatever the argument, which is probably not even worth having, but... (laughs) Uh, be able to settle it in a way that uh, is good for the both of you, you know, mm-hmm. um, it, it's um, he uses it in everything, including um, being a salesman, you know, um, this this whole thing of non-resistance. Like if you want to sell products and you're you're really like killing yourself to sell a product, a lot of times products that are really good sell themselves anyway. And you just have to kind of go with the flow and, you know, have a bit of an explanation, but nothing. Um, you know, he's saying that um, when you dialogue with somebody and it's um, you're on their level, right? You're not talking above them or below them. You're on their level. It goes much smoother than you talking down to them mm. and saying, you know, I know best. Right. This is what's best. It's true. Kind of thing, you yeah. know, you know what? I found the Bruce Lee quote. I just did while you guys were talking. I did okay. a search. Um, so it says, be like, be like water making its way through cracks. Do not be a but adjust to the object and you'll find, and you will, I'm sorry, and you shall find a way around or through it. If nothing within you stays rigid, outward things will disclose themselves. Empty your mind, be formless. That's another famous one for him. Shapeless, like water. If you put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. You put water into a bottle and it becomes a bottle. You put it into a teapot, it becomes a teapot. Now water can flow or it can crash. Be the water, my friend. So, you know, basically, if if you, yeah, if you get caught up in that argument, you become the fight. You know, you lose total, you don't even know where you were going anymore, right? Because you're just running off of this stuff <laughs> instead of allowing things. And that's a hard thing for people. And there you go, the allowing thing again right. to, um, allow things to find their way. And like with, especially all the stuff that Rita does and that I do too, when we allow spirit to flow through us, everything goes so much easier. Like the intuition is there, the answers come, but when we get caught up in that mind, right? We talk about this a lot. Subconscious programming kicks in. It thinks it knows best. It's based on a lot of crap that brought you to where you are and that you're trying to change. Right. So mm-hmm. you can't listen to that stuff. Right. Um, 
Yeah. You know, so, I have a perfect you, example of um, that kind of stuff because my mom, um, although, you know, she was poor as a child, she came through the depression, right? Mm-hmm, right. She never, ever, because of that, never, ever wasted, you know, a tissue, a paper yeah. towel, uh, you know, food, like, and, and it's, she really didn't, you know, when she got married and she was living, my father was, you know, providing for her and all that. She never ever wanted for anything again, but mm-hmm. it didn't matter. That mindset was there, oh, yeah. you know, the mindset yeah. of, oh my God, we have to save this. Cause if we don't, you know, we may, we may never have enough of it. Right. You know? Right. So if you're in that constant worry of money or poverty or there's never enough then you can it's it what does it do it just stops it from flowing right mm-hmm. you're, you're resisting it so it, you can attribute this non-resistant to everything this is not just one thing he talks about many many factors that's one of them with the poverty thing because uh, people they concentrate more on how they could be poor as opposed to how they could be prosperous they're wasting their energy on, oh my God, what if this happens? Or, oh my God, what if that happens? Instead of, oh, what can I create to make it happen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, what can I create to make that prosperity? And Rita, maybe you recall the story where he talks about the woman who had the mortgage, she was behind on the mortgage, and she kept looking at her tenants like they were going to steal from her. Yeah. And uh, that no, no one's going to pay her, and they're taking advantage of her. And then when she asked this, you know, him for help, and he said, had her change the way she was looking at things and start being loving and kind to the people in her home and, and not being this resistance or thinking the worst all the time, everything changed. People yeah. loved to live there. More people wanted to get into that place and live there. They would have dinner together. Like the first time she did that, they all thought she was crazy. You remember that right. story, Rita? Yeah. And um, they, you know, what's up with this, right? But she was just decided to be social and loving and that changed everything. And it got easier for her after a while, right? Like it was was hard for her in the beginning to do it because she was like, "Mm," you know, she wanted to like stand her ground and not, not give in. It's like, and we'll get to that whole forgiveness piece, but she was just like there, you know, and then when she did it after their reaction, you know, as they were, they were kind of bouncing off each other, you know, she would, she would have a great um, energy to her. And then they would react to that energy and then they would be kind. And then it started and then it just built off of that. And that was the beauty of it. You know, she trusted that to to happen, which is not easy. Now, you know, I'd, I'd like to just throw this out there and ask you guys. Are there people that are not willing to make those changes, even though you're bringing forth that energy? Sure. Yeah. Right. So sure. there are people who are let's say there's, there was a couple of people in that house that were still being the way they were, you know? So what do you do with that? Because some people are going to ask this, what do you do with someone like that? Who's not willing to shift their energy, even though you're shifting yours. There are a lot of ways to answer that one. One of my favorite ways to answer it is literally to say, why am I paying attention to this person if I don't like the way they're treating me or treating others? Mm. Because my attention is feeding them. Right. That's where they're getting their energy from, especially people who are in some way trying to manipulate others or do stuff that you don't really like too much. Nine times out of 10, they aren't 
really good at drawing on their own energy. So they're trying to steal energy from somebody else. Mm -hmm. Well, the moment mm -hmm. that you stop giving them attention, in a sense, you're starving them of energy. I mean, that's really not the intention, but that's pretty much kind of what happened. Right. You know, right. and when and when they're starved of energy, now they have to make a decision. They either have to fight it, they have to let go of it, or they have to change their thinking. Mm -hmm. they, have, they, have to, they have to do something. They can't just stay in that place because when you're in that low, low energy place and you fell into a lower, lower energy level, you, you do something. You don't just stay there. Either that right. or else you go into deep depression. I suppose you could do that. Right. Yeah. Well, so my thoughts went to, it's kind of like standing your ground a little bit. You know, I've got martial arts background. Right? <laughs> so, um, it's Bruce Lee Friday. If, if she's made the changes, right? She's made the changes. Right. And that one doesn't want to conform to it, but she's entitled to hold her ground and decide that she'll have someone else's energy be in there. So she can say, exactly. listen, this is what we're doing. This is how it is. If this doesn't work for you, uh, you're free to go because I, I got other people who would love to come here. Right. So it's not like you're going to give in and have to allow someone to mistreat you or not to follow the program because mm -hmm. right. you still are the creator. So you can still hold your ground, but it's what energy you're holding it from, not from right. that fighting exactly. kind of like um, defensive thing. No, it's owning who I am and what do I, what do I want? And you're right. not fitting in the picture right now. Mm -hmm. Right. I wanted to address it only because I feel like people are going to be asking something like that because there are people who are resistant, even mm -hmm. though you've changed your own perspective. Oh yeah. And I would handle it just like that myself. I'd be like, you know, listen, this is and in a very gentle, nice way. Explain to them this is how it is. And you're more than welcome to stay if you want to join mm -hmm. in and, you know, or, you know, you you you. It's okay to leave too, you know, and you don't you have to. I, I'm going to, I'm going to admit to where in my earlier years, I would have been in their basement. Oh. I'm telling you because in, I did not know what absolutely. I know now. And absolutely. I would have, I would have been in the fight and making that fight bigger. I've done, I've done it before. Even the arguments with like women that I knew that everything blew up out of proportion because everybody had to hold their ground and nobody could yep. listen to it and you couldn't find any solutions. So I right. know that feel, and that doesn't feel good. Like when I think about it now, if I were to feel that energy in my body, it's like, ooh, no, I don't want that in here. Uh, yeah. No more. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't feel good. No, it doesn't. When you get a taste of the other piece of it, that feel doesn't feel good anymore. So you don't want to be yeah. there. You, you can't go back. Once you crack, you can't go back. Wait, That's go it. Back. That's it. Well, you could try to go back, but it's not a lot of fun. I can tell you that. It's not gonna, you know what? It's not going to happen. Your soul's not going to let you. You can't go there again. No, because I know a lot of people, like, they say to me, you know, how do you, how do you love your enemies? How do you, how do you not, um, you know, get angry and, and all of that? And I say, well, <clears throat> first of all, I always try to put myself in somebody else's shoes to mm. see how I, they might be feeling, right? But But the second one is, you know, it has nothing to do with you. It's none of your business how they're how they're reacting. If you know you did nothing wrong, then you did nothing wrong, and they're they're on their own to take care of that piece. But the more you bless them, or the more you you know send them like good energy and and love and all that, the less resistant it becomes for yep. you, for them. And if they want to stay in that, that's up to them. But it won't have any impact on you. That's the bottom line. And that's really what you want. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's the goal. Right. And Which also brings in that point of not living through judgment because judgment exactly. is just going to, it's that judgment is resistance right there. You know, 
That's if true. we can go into that space we were just talking about, and it's like, all right, you're, you're entitled to be an asshole, but I don't have to have you in my space. <laughs> <laughs> Rita asked earlier uh, for feedback from the live stream audience. And uh, while we don't have specific feedback, we have a, a question that came up. Nasha is one of the people listening in today. And uh, after some uh, preamble, she asked a, a basic question. How do I know that I'm resisting something? And kind of involved in it was, uh, in, in the way that she worded the question was, she's been trying, she, she's been trying to manifest some money. And mm. in the process of manifesting the money, she, she, uh, has been trying to follow, follow the Neville Goddard way, which is very similar to what, uh, Raymond Hollywell talks about. Um, but she's been realizing that she is in some ways resisting that she's not aware of. So that's, that's essentially what the essence of her question was. How does she deal with resistance when she isn't sure what she's resisting? Well, I, I would be asking myself a ton of questions um, like, you know, what's my fear around having money um, or what's why do I feel like I don't deserve to have that money? Or, mm -hmm. you, you know, I'd be asking myself question after question and asking spirit for help with that, because mm -hmm. you again, it could be in the subconscious and you're not aware of it. So I would mm -hmm. ask either to be made aware of why so that I can remove the blockage yeah. or. If you know, some people don't even want to deal with that piece. Or I say, <laughs> really? Right? Yeah, they don't. Or I just say to spirit, listen, if I don't have to know, I'm willing to clear it. As long as I'm willing and I ask for help, spirit will help me clear it. Right. Okay. So um, as long as I can put my faith in that, my trust in that, and, and don't have a resistance to that piece for them helping me, then we're in good shape. Because we may not always know. You know, it's like, it's like um, when you repeat a mistake over and over again, either with somebody or something, you know, there's always the same thing you're repeating and you say, well, I, I wish I knew why I, I kept doing that. Some people do past life regression or, or regression therapy to figure it out. And I say sometimes I don't need to know. Mm -hmm. Just show me how to shift it. Mm -hmm. Right. Help me to clear it. Yep. You know? I don't well, always want to know. In that. <laughs> yeah, you know, and let's just bypass, right? And that's okay. You know? you know what it brought up for me? What you were saying, what Nasha was asking, is um, stop doing and start allowing. Because mm. I think what happens with a lot of people, especially when they're learning about law of attraction and manifesting tools and techniques, we start doing. Mm -hmm. You know, and and that puts the brakes. I know it put the brakes on my husband. He's like, things used to come easy until I learned about law of attraction. <laughs> right? <laughs> 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 because you start thinking you have to do it a certain way or, you know, so then you start becoming the, the you start taking the action or doing the, I'm not saying don't take action, but again, it's always like, what's the energy behind it? Are you trying mm -hmm. to work it and force it? Or are you just being that water that's going to allow, keep my focus on where I'm going. Right. And, I'm, and, and I, to me, I'm more than ever. I think people really got to start just asking God source, whatever, to lead the way and just trusting that that will come through. Mm -hmm. I guess that's the hard part. Some people just don't trust that that energy is there. We can't mm -hmm. see it. Doesn't mean it's not there, and that it can and help you. Because always when you like, okay, a good example. I remember my brother-in-law was out of work for a long time. Then when he got one job, he got five offers. Yeah. Right. Because the because the resistance broke, yeah. and it all came flooding in. You can think about that with a lot of people. You know where there was this problem. 
And then when they, when they finally got tired of trying to change it and mm. just like, okay, fuck it. And then it comes through. Yeah. Sure. Cindy Chavez, who does the Wednesday show with me, um, came up with a, with a really great illustration of what to do if, you, if you're determined to figure out what it is and what's this thing that's in my way. Um, she told a story about how one of her two sons, this is about 15 years ago, came to her because he was looking for work. He was just fresh out of school and he was really killing it. Every single interview he got, he was just killing it. They, they were telling him, oh, I mean, we, we have to finish the interview process, but uh, you just nailed this. You're, you're going to be getting a call. Trust us. And then to his amazement, nobody called. He was getting no calls at all, and he couldn't understand it. Well, he knew his mom was a life coach, so he went to her and said, Mom, can you help me with this? I don't understand what's going on. And she says, well, sometimes when, well, actually, when, when, whenever we are uh, resisting in some way, it usually means there's a, there's a hidden payoff somewhere, something that we're not paying attention to. So she said, let's look at it this way. What if you didn't get any jobs? Now, it, this was fall. It was, it was uh, coming in on fall, September, October. And uh, her son is, uh, they live in Louisiana. He's an LSU fan and looking forward every year to the LSU football season. So she asked, what, what would you do if you didn't have any work? And he said, well, I guess I'd, you know, follow the Tigers, you know. That's what I do every fall. I just watch the football. And she went, kind of went over with him like, well, you really like watching LSU, don't you? I mean, they, they, you really get into it. He was getting into it and so forth. She said, well, maybe that's your payoff. If you don't have work, you get to watch football. He said, I never thought of it that way. And the moment he said that, his cell phone started ringing like crazy. He had like three job offers in five minutes. Mm. I mean, yeah. amazing story that shows how just a little piece of resistance, once you can identify it by asking what's the payoff, it was gone. Yep. Wow. That's pretty now, Reed, cool. Yeah. Reed, I want to ask, he sure. talks about in this book, meekness. And he says, meekness is not a weakness. And, you know, right. Like, I don't really know Bible stuff and the meek, what is it? The meek shall inherit the earth or so right. remember much about what he was talking about there. Cause I think, you know, the meek are the non-resistant, right? They don't have to use the um, outward force. Exactly. They're fully accepting of the law of non-resistance. So um, they really become the masters and the teachers for us. Um, because a lot of time people, when they hear meek, they think, People are weak or they're being taken advantage of. But honestly, it's really there. They have the strength to know that they don't have to be in that resistance. And that's why they can attract anything. That's why it's said the meek shall inherit the earth because they can attract anything to themselves because they don't have that. They don't feel the need to have that resistance. Mm -hmm. And, um, and there, there's such, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Like he describes like, cause when people say, Oh, uh, you mistake my kindness for weakness, right? People only mistake that if you think you are weak or if you're, if you, you feel like you're, um, you attract what you expect, right? So if you think, Oh, I'm an easy mark. I'm a, I'm a, a mat. You know, people are going to just step all over me. If you have that idea, then that's what's going to happen, right? But if you know, if you have this knowing that you could absolutely create anything and bring it to you, it's just being humble and knowing that. There's no, there's no weakness in that.
there's more strength than you could imagine. Right. And that, that's what we're moving towards, right? In Absolutely. This, yeah. This next dimension, like that video. Did you ever guys see that where the girls are talking to each other telepathically without words, you know, and just being the energy that they are talking about us humans trying to be stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it, people really need to look at that word because they, they, these are the, um, what are they called? The Beatitudes, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They, people don't really know what those truly mean. Um, mm. They think they do, but they, they really don't. You really have to study those. And I'm actually glad he brought it up because he talks about being, um, you know, you're, you have strength in that word. There's not weakness. There's only strength. Um, there's, and I can read this piece. Um, meekness then is that strength appropriated when you do not argue, when you do not become angry or boastful and proud, when you do not insist upon having your rights in a quarrelsome manner. Meekness is the steel of one's nature. It is enduring. It is the strength by which you win an argument by refusing to argue. Right? Yep. You're just, you're refusing to argue. So you just have a difference in opinion. You can accept what they're saying. They, and hopefully they can accept what you're saying and you can agree to disagree. It says here in science, we, re we recognize the spirit of meekness as cooperativeness, persistent application, accurate computation, perfect harmony, symmetry of design and color, and so forth. I mean, that's, that says it all, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I want to read the last bit of this chapter, which I think sums it up perfectly. And maybe we'll go on to the law of forgiveness, but we'll see what happens. Anyway. Yeah. He wrote, when perplexed, remember the little stream of water and how determined it is to reach the mighty ocean. Be that determined to reach and realize all the good that is awaiting for you. That's it. Why delay its benefits by putting obstacles into your stream of prosperity? Let us come over the path of non-resistance. Every worried thought, every fear, doubt, complaint, argument, and angry thought are but so many boulders, large and small, that you can cast into your stream. These tend to change your course and to lengthen the time for your goal to be reached. Unite your forces for good with the good that is seeking you. Remove and dissolve every obstacle by blessing it and being willing to understand it. Mark it no longer as a stumbling block, but as a stepping stone leading you to your highest good. So it's, it's all about the, the energy you hold behind all of it. Exactly. Exactly. That's real cool. That's good stuff. Yeah. And, I don't you know, think there's... by the way, going on to uh, getting in uh, the law of forgiveness, we got plenty of time for it. So this is part okay. of the course for us. We do two chapters every single show and, and we're right on course. Yeah. Yeah. Usually it's a half hour for one chapter. <laughs> That's about it. Yep. Yeah. Um, good. I mean, this is one of the biggest laws that, you know, uh, we come across, uh, mm. especially when it comes to Jesus and, all the masters and not just yeah. Jesus, but all the masters, this, mm -hmm. this, I, you know, this, uh, not an idea, but it's this, um, <clears throat> it's this law of forgiveness. It's, you know, um, without it, we cannot really move forward, um, in the life without that law. And, um, it truly is a gift 
listen, I, I only know this because I've had to do it on many occasions with many people in my own family. Mm-hmm. And when you can, when you can set aside the pain and the, the fear and the, all of it that's connected and you can actually forgive that person, it, it's beyond anything. It, the amount of peace that overwhelms you in that moment when you've truly let go and forgiven, you can't compare it to anything, to be honest with you. Mm. I know for myself, the thing that took me the longest time to learn was that forgiveness, when I'm forgiving, it's for my benefit. It's not for the benefit of the person I'm forgiving. That tripped me for years until I finally saw it that way. And it was, it was an eye opener to think of it that way. I didn't realize I was doing it because it was going to help me. I thought I was doing it because, well, I was supposed to, it it was a good thing to help them out by forgiving them. That's what I thought was going on. And it wasn't at all. It wasn't the big thing. And and most people think they're giving their power away when they forgive. Sure. And that's just, there's no truth in that, you know, because they feel like they have, they lost something, Yes. you know, but what they want to sacrifice or something. (laughs) Right. I like how in this chapter, he talks a lot about, you know, disease and sickness in the body, which really can and he talks about how it, it can be cleared by just forgiving and that's really the place where jesus was coming from right um and it, it's so true because it what do i write the sins create the disease forgiving the sins forgive the sins and the body can heal yes yeah. and and it doesn't necessarily mean um forgiving someone else it could mean forgiving yourself sure. for something because he uses um guilt as probably one of the things that destroys the the body more than anything. Mm-hmm. People who, you know, hold on to guilt um, and can't let go of it. And that's, you know, it's so important to know that um, I, I read in another book, guilt is a wasted emotion. You know, it's just, it's fear. You know, it's just another avenue of fear. You know, it's just not worth the energy it holds mm-hmm. because I, I don't, I always feel that when people are ill, I always look at the emotional, mental body first before I look at the physical. Mm-hmm. Because if it came to the physical, you know, we have layers to us, right? The physical body is something we can, it's tactile, we can feel it, right? But if we come out about an inch and a half, two inches, that's our emotional body. And if we come out a little bit more, it's our mental, then it's our spiritual, then it's called the causal, and it goes on and on, right? People don't just get cancer. They don't just get an autoimmune disease. It has to come through the layers, all those layers to get to the physical body. So sometimes when I'm working on people and doing a healing, I'll check the mental and emotional body first to see if it's lingering in there. Maybe it didn't even get to be physical yet. And clear it, help them clear it. Like make them aware of it and help them clear it. If it's physical, I got to go back and see where it is. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times you're doing when you're doing, and you know, Linda, when we're doing this work, it, the physical is like physical takes care of itself. <laughs> yeah, it really does. It takes care of itself. We have to get to the real cause of it, you know, and that's the piece I think that we have to, um, uh, incorporate with, doctors they're that they're not aware of that they're just treating the physical symptoms because that's what they're taught but i mean regular like mds right they're not taught to go to the emotional body or the mental body or the spiritual body to figure it out Mm -hmm. 
could even be from a past life thing that you're carrying. I mean, it could be a million things, but these are the, these are the air in order to be able to forgive and move past and all that. We have to look at those pieces to heal the body have to. Yeah. And you know, you're reminding me how some people can go, like if you say, go into the pain, like pain in my knee, okay, go into it. Mm-hmm. Just imagine you're in it. And what does it want to tell you? A lot of people will just get what it wants to tell them, right? But would never have thought to 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 do that type of a thing. That's like weird. Like you know, you wouldn't necessarily think of that. But of course, the pain is always telling you something. And then when you find out what it's trying to tell you, then you can also then go into those other layers to see well, how did that originate? Or you know, like, um, right? And that's the tricky thing because most of that stuff is past life even though it could be this lifetime you just don't remember when you were a little kid or something like that yeah exactly yeah so there's this and i and i love what rita said before too because i'm like i don't need to know the details yeah i who cares about the freaking details because we just we don't want to even i don't even want to acknowledge them i just want to look at them and then let it go you know yeah that's it just with with not like when you look at it no judgment you're just looking at it like oh okay this is it all right, well, I don't really need this anymore. So many people hold on to things because they feel like they need it still. They don't even know that they need it or that they don't need it. It's in the subconscious, so they think they need it, right? Right. They have to learn that, no, it's not, they don't need it anymore. It's not necessary for them to survive with all of that in them, that anger and frustration and guilt and whatever it is. How many, I mean, I think I probably deal with guilt the most the most with people, especially when it comes to taking care of their loved ones, you know, at the end and did I do enough? And, oh my God, I can't believe I had to put them, you know, in a home. And, you know, I mean, the the list goes on and on and, you know, you always are doing your best. Nobody in their, you know, (laughs) nobody in their, um, I don't want to say right mind because who the frig is always in their right mind? Like subjective, but, Nobody is out to hurt anybody that they love, you know? Yeah. So, and you know what that brings up for me too? And I don't even know if it's any more to do with the book, but, but <laughs> a lot of times that guilt comes because people don't allow themselves to actually be selfish, mm. right? To put, um, to acknowledge their needs or put themselves first. So then if they do, they feel guilty for not like being the martyr for that person over there or something like that. You know what I mean? Right. So, so, cause it's, you know, you're always told not to be selfish, but it's selfish in in a, in a, in a good way. You can't even allow yourself to be selfish in a good way because yeah. you have to constantly give out, give out, give out. And that, you know, there, I know Rita's got something to say. I want to go. Yeah. To before I forget it, because the word selfish is connotated negatively. So I start telling people, use the word selfing. Oh, oh yes. Selfing. Yeah. You're, you're doing something for yourself that you need, whether it be go to a movie or a bed. That was a bad example at this point, but <laughs> whatever it is, just do it because you need, you're going to be more productive if you allow yourself to do those things. If you don't, it's only going to fall back on you anyway, right? Yeah. So, so, so something simple like that is buying yourself a new outfit and you can tell all the reasons why you shouldn't do that. But, you right. know, if you do it and it makes you feel better and you can hold this higher vibration, then other good things can come through that selfish, want to call it selfish act. 
But right. I like the selfing thing. <laughs> That's, That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Because like it's that. got such a negative connotation. I threw it out the window. I'm like, and, I'm and Spirit that. gave that to me. They're, they were lovingly and they just said, here, have this word instead. That was a good I idea. Said, I'll take I like it. That. Yeah. Absolutely. I have another question for you, though. Um, sure. There are some people who, well, let, let's go back to LOA theory for just a moment. We know that when we focus on something on an ongoing basis, the vibration of it builds, the momentum of it builds, and it can get bigger and bigger and bigger over time. Right. What often happens is what we, when, when we talk about tapes that play in our subconscious mind, what we're talking about is stuff that we previously focused on. It was probably something, uh, because we were referring to it as a tape, we usually mean something we don't like. So it was probably something we don't like, but we focused on it for quite some time. Um, we, we kept giving it energy, giving it energy, giving it energy. And then we may have forgotten about it, but it was still going. It was still spinning there in the background. And then periodically it comes in and you know, screws something up in our lives again. So, so people can feel like, my God, I've got this thing going on that I can't stop. So I'm wondering, have you ladies run into situations where you've been trying to clear stuff and people find it just keeps coming up again anyway? Or do you find that clearing takes care of it? Um, no, I, I feel like people um, can absolutely keep those negative thought processes going if that's what they choose. And if it's unconscious or in the subconscious, then they have to find the means to be able to clear it that way. Like, because they may say on, on the surface or on the consciousness, they'd be, I wouldn't, I, why would I do that to myself? I would never, you know, mm. want to hurt myself that way. But the subconscious is saying, well, that's not really what you believe because you believe it because of blah, 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 because this is what happened 15 years ago. And mm -hmm. that's what's stuck. Right. That's what's stuck. So we have to go back and, you know, there's so many ways to do that. You just have to find a way that works for you. Could be just simple as affirmations. You know, I'm going to do a recording of my own voice with affirmations. I'm going to put it on my head. And I'm going to sleep through the night with the affirmation so that it gets into my subconscious. It's habit forming. Eventually, your body starts to believe what you're telling it. Right. It, just, it, it clears one. I, you know, think of it like a CD, right? We're just going to erase that CD or pull it out, put a new CD in. This is the new thought process now. Yeah. Totally. Clearing the old. Does that make sense, yeah. Walt? Yeah. Yeah, okay. totally. Go ahead, Linda. I was going to say the other thing is, thank God there are energy healers because a lot of the conventional stuff is not going to get to all this emotional stuff that causes all this physical stuff exactly. in the body. Um, and one example I can think of is, uh, you know, I had this client who was always having trouble with relationships. So because, you know, the programs are there, even though you don't know they're there. Right. right. So her father happened to pass when she was young. But I kept getting the message. You've got to clear the energy with the dad. So I, and I said to her, you know, would you like, cause I don't do anything that people don't want done. You have free will, right? You have to choose. So right. I said, why don't we clear the energy with your dad? She goes, Oh no, my, I have a great relationship with my dad. I don't need to clear anything with that. So I kept going through the session and it, it kept coming back. You got to clear the energy with the dad. So I'm like, well, why don't we clear the energy with your dad? And, and she wasn't going for it again. So finally a third time I'm like, listen, there's nothing to lose. We're only clearing with the stuff that didn't serve you. All the good stuff stays. She's like, okay. So I do this clearing to clear the energy between her and her dad and the cords that, that are all connected and all that. And uh, she immediately started sobbing. She had the hugest release. Mm -hmm. She didn't know. She would never have thought that it was connected to something with her father because she doesn't remember anything that would ever be of a negative nature. 
right. you don't remember what happened when you were two and you, you're, who knows what happened. We don't know. We can't even guess what it, it doesn't even yeah, matter. Exactly. All that matters is that the energy was released. Right. So I think um, sometimes, because I think the original question is what do we do when something keeps reoccurring for people we're working with? They have to be ready to let it go. Like we can yes. only, we could only, like I asked in that one session, luckily it was only in one session. The third time I brought it up because I was feeling something was telling me this, she finally went for it, but I can't make her go for it. Right. Right. What about situations where, uh, I think this probably comes up fairly often where the person says they want to let it go, but there's another level where they really don't want to let it go. And I, uh, I guess probably the most common way that is typically handled by say a psychotherapist or whatever is just to you know, try to get into the root of the emotion and root out that emotion and feel it out until it, it clears itself. Mm -hmm. Um, like you said, Rita, there are lots of different ways to handle this. So if you run into somebody who on one level, they're saying, yes, consciously, I, I want to get rid of this thing. And subconsciously they're hanging on to it. What do you do? Uh, I'm going to offer them several things. We can do hypnosis. We can do past life regression. We can do, um, uh, I have, I do, uh, something called psych K, mm -hmm. which, um, is another way to release, uh, subconscious thought patterns. Um, you know, and uh, they, again, have to be, like Linda said, they have to give you permission. Sometimes they can even, it may take a couple of times because it's stuck or they mm -hmm. may release part of it and there's still a part there. And so, and 99.9% .9 of the time, whatever it is comes up, like what, what actually is keeping it suppressed like that it will come up when that person is ready there's no doubt i've seen it i mean all the time i see what is it and what does that mean when they're ready let's be a little precise about when that. they're when they're ready to release all of it because it serves them somehow to have it right okay and even if they don't think that way somehow it serves them like it serves someone to be a martyr or a victim or whatever Right. Mm -hmm. They're getting something from it, even if it's negative. Mm -hmm. OK, when they're fully ready to release and be free. And not have their energy connected to it anymore. It'll be gone. You so know, what about actually, until they're ready to release? What, what, what then? Say it again. What about until they're ready to release? I mean, people can be a long time before they're ready to release. Yeah. Well, you just you you continue to work with them as long as then. I've actually had people. I've actually had, you know, some people I've had to say, listen, you know, would you like to try this, meaning another person with another modality that I don't do? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's something that will trigger for them mm -hmm. if if it's not working on my end. There's always that possibility that they need something else other than what you're offering. So, yeah. And sometimes I find it could be as simple as saying, well, how much longer do you want to hold on to that story? You know, because then you, then you look at it like I'm holding on to a story. Mm. Yeah. 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 Because you're not allowing it to be free to let go. <laughs> I've done that. And I've had people say to me, what the f like, get pissed <laughs> at me, get really pissed. Like, what? you know, like indignant, like I would never. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but I bet you they call you, you that like, angry at me. I bet you they call you like a week or so later and like, oh shit, I just realized I was actually. Doing I get that. a call sometimes that night and go, I'm so sorry you were right. You know, <laughs> yeah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. It's not about me being right. It's about you getting it. Right. I'm mm -hmm. just trying to now, get it. To get 
to get back to the book, but not really, because we're talking about it. Because what he talks about in the book, too, is getting to the root of the thought or the experience. And he, and he, again, he puts it to weeds. Like, you can pull all this stuff out, but if you didn't get the, the root that's underneath the ground, it's just going to grow again, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So you have to be willing to want to pull out those roots. Yeah. Um, it's so funny, because I was weeding the other day, and there was a couple of weeds that were like, I just didn't have the strength to do it. I says, oh, I'll do it again next week. And then I thought about it and I'm like, yeah, I can't just do that with anything. All right, it's a weed, a real weed, and I could come back and, you know, pull it next week. But I'm thinking to myself, let's not do that in the other areas of the life, you know? Right. But it was really, it was clear in that moment, like what I was doing. Well, um, plus, if, if you're in the business my wife's in, which is the gardening business, um, oh. you leave that weed there next week you're going to have 25 of them. So you actually pull the weed up because it's actually going to make it a lot easier next week. You're right. <laughs> She's right. Cause I, I, if I go outside right now, I want to cry because there's so many right. of them. <laughs> <laughs> that one weed. Oh my goodness. What's the damage it can do. <laughs> you know what? He also talks about in here, which was interesting um, to forgive is repairing the breach where it, it has missed the mark. So like mm. Ho'oponopono, another healing modality and we've talked about it on the show before that's all about you know where did you miss the mark and and getting back on track to actually be able to hit the mark but really what's what's creating this missing the mark thing and you know you can do these phrases that's a shortened version of it which i find works very well i learned a really long thing about ho'oponopono and it's too much to do for some people um but really I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, yeah. It is for you, even though if you're doing it for someone else, because even if you're healing for someone else, if that person's in your existence and part of whatever they're having going on is going on within you or they wouldn't be in your space because everything right. is a mirror and everything we're in the big matrix together. Isn't that um, annoying? <laughs> you got somebody coming into your face, you don't like them and you have to acknowledge, oh my God, I got this going on too. Oh dear. Yeah. Like what, what is it within them that is reflecting to me that is bringing right. up something, you know, it, it always is bringing up something, but you know, the whole thing with you missing the mark. Um, yeah. yeah, that, that, that's healing when you can just get to, or just, you know, that's why I like the whole point about it. You don't have to know what it was, how you missed it, the details, you're just going to run the clearing statement over and over again. You know, it's letting creator know, okay, we're letting this go. Yeah. Sometimes it could be detrimental to know all the details because then people ponder on that, you know, and they just keep it in their energy. And, oh, my God, I can't believe that. Like, mm-hmm. wow, I was, you know, I was strangled in that life. And it was, you know, and the story goes on. And they just add it to the story that they already have. Right. Right, you know, right. so you, if you're going to go that route, then you have to be willing to release that piece, um, yeah. you know, and not hold on to it. And I think when you're willing to have to to not know the details, then you really are willing because then you are freeing up for this other energy to come in. And because we're all connected anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. To have that energy come in and flow through you like the water, you know, not not getting hung up on all this other stuff. Yeah. And yeah, who needs to build the story any bigger? People hold on to their God. story too much. That's it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> First they true. didn't have a story and they're they're holding it. Then they get a story and they're like, I want to hold on to my story. I can't believe mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. Oh, my story just got bigger. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I like what you were talking about too a moment ago when you talked about missing the mark, Linda. Um, because it kind of, she, she also, with what Nasha said, she was uh, referring to Neville Goddard. That's a big concept with him missing the mark. 
and it ties in beautifully with this concept of forgiveness of the self because missing the mark, uh, if you look at the word sin, that's what the word sin originally meant, missing the mark. It didn't mean what the church turned it into over time. Yes. It originally meant you just aimed and you missed. So you correct right. your aim and you, you and you aim better. Right. That's all it is. And forgiveness is a key portion of that because we are more critical of ourselves than of anybody else. Mm-hmm. Seriously, I mean, it, by large leaps and bounds, we're more critical of ourselves than we are of anybody else. Right. And because of that, it's really incumbent upon us to forgive ourselves often, mm-hmm. every time that we miss the mark, literally. Yeah. And you know, with the whole Ho'oponopono, when you're saying, please forgive me, it, it, you're basically saying, please forgive me for not even knowing that I had this going on within me and that I'm, mm-hmm. run, uh, that I'm creating this effect within my reality. You, you know, yeah. It's not like there's nothing bad about it. Some people don't like saying that. What, I have to be forgiven? I'm perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I've gone so far as to go back to the inner child. Like, uh, you know, whether I was five, seven, 11 years old and, and use that energy, the forgiveness energy, and just go back and say, you know, it's okay. And, you know, we did the best we could. It was, you just have to let it go. Just mm-hmm. have to let it go and, and, and let go and let God. You know, it really does right. pay to be kind to ourselves in that way. That, that's, yes. a, that's a form of kindness we kind of overlook. Yes. You know? Yes. Because we, if we're, we're kind to, to ourselves, free. we're going to be like that with others. Yeah. You know, we'll, exactly. we will have that compassion for others. Oh, it's sure. Really it the only fun. way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really the only way to have the compassion and kindness for others. You have to have it for yourself. And plus, we're, we, we're pretty good at treating ourselves, but the forgiving ourselves is where we often kind of slip up. We, you know, I'll, I'll treat myself. I'll, I'll have a dish of ice cream. I haven't had a dish of ice cream in a while. That's a nice treat. Mm. But forgiving myself, can I actually remember the last time I forgave myself? I'm not sure I honestly can, if I really am honest about it. I, I'm sure I must have sometime relatively recently, but I don't really recall it. It doesn't stick as easily in my mind. So to me, that says it's a big deal. That's something to pay more attention to. That's two bowls of ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) Cherry, whipped cream. You know what, Rita, I'm not calling this right now up into my conscious awareness, but I think it's Jennifer McClain and she does some kind of spontaneous healing technique. Um, I'll try to look it up. But her whole thing, because I've done some of her courses, is going to that inner child and Mm. connecting with what they were feeling with and letting them know that you're there and what do they need? And then being that for them, for what they needed at that moment, they needed a little right. extra love or compassion or whatever it was to so then I got, so I've done this with people and they have a real emotional release mm. from, from actually going back and being there with that part of them that was going through that experience and being what they weren't getting from the environment around them that they, they really needed. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll try and look it up and see what that technique was. Cause I think she has online courses. Anybody could look it up and go into oh, it. Oh, cool. Send that. So how does uh, Mr. Hollywell tie together um, these forgiveness concepts at the end of the chapter? I mean, what, how does he summarize it all up? Um, it's, it's like without it, you really can't move forward hmm. because you're, you're stuck. You're going to be stuck continually. And when you're, when you can't forgive yourself, how do you expect to forgive anybody else in the life? Right. Hmm. So you end up being stuck in, in like a, a loop you know, of not being able to let go of things in your own life. If something comes up with somebody else's, um, it's, it's probably, I think out of all of them at the moment, um, 
especially when it comes to health, this is the most important piece where the health is concerned because when we hold that kind of negativity in our body, it's reflected. You know that whether it's a headache, a sciatica, doesn't matter. Everything has something connected to it. And Linda, you'll be happy to hear that uh, Jeffrey wrote into the live stream, message received, I am in the perfect emotional place to practice Ho'oponopono. So thank you for answering my unasked question. Oh, cool. And you yeah. know what? It's it's called Spontaneous Transformation Technique, and it's Jennifer McLean, M-C-L-E-A-N. Okay. If you want to look her up, she has a book, Spontaneous Transformation, Seven Steps to Coping and Thriving in Extreme Times. And she's one of the people that first came out with all the law of attraction stuff back with uh, Joe Vitale and, you know, that whole group, Brian Dyer and all of them. Right. Um, yeah, she's cool. I've, I've cool. done some of her things. Good stuff. All right. Hey, awesome. before we run out of time, I want to make sure that I remind people who are not yet subscribed to the podcast. I want to invite you to become subscribers, like roughly 535 five people who are currently regular listeners of the program. Um, that was as of about three days ago. I did a little check, uh, quick uh, spot check. But um, it's very simple to do. If you haven't figured out how to do it yourself, we've created a little space on the homepage of our website, LOAToday.net, and it right at the top of the page describes how to become a subscriber. Usually for most people, it's one or two clicks. It really just depends on what kind of software you already have installed on your phone or device, whatever you're using. Um, and then from that point on, you're getting five episodes a week, Monday through Friday, that we put out there. Free for you to help you build your daily dose of happy. That's why we do this, to help you get to that happier place. So become a subscriber. Check us out on YouTube also because we live stream to YouTube. That's where the live streamers are. They come to YouTube. That's where they find us. And you can see the links for that in any of the descriptions of any of the episodes that we do. Um, just you know, follow that link and you'll be able to join us. We do it Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. New York time, and we love having that input. It makes the conversation so much better. So one last thought from each of you guys before well, we're I done. Want yeah, oh, I wanted to say Linda. next week we'll, we're going to be doing law of sacrifice and then and law of obedience, and then after that there's only one more law, law of success, which I think probably deserves its own show. Okay. <laughs> so maybe yeah, maybe those last three chapters we'll do two and then one, sure. and like a nice summary and all that. I, I can imagine we can go on quite some time about law of success. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. That'll be a good one. Good. All right. So we have the next two weeks covered. That'll be good. So uh, any last thoughts that you want to share with people before we sign off for the day, ladies? Be kind to yourselves. Mm. Enjoy this beautiful weekend. Oh, yes. And Especially if you're in be. the northeast of the U.S. Yes, just be. <laughs> just enjoy. And okay. you know what? Write the story you want to live and just keep that focus. Be that water, right? That let, you know, an obstacle comes in. Okay, look at it. Something to do, do it. But don't get hung up on it and stuck there, right. you know. Right. Just kind of keep flowing. And keep asking, you know, so something comes up, ask the universe, ask spirit, whatever you want to call it, God. Okay, so what can I do about this thing? And just leave it. It'll come in if you just yeah. stay in that higher energy and let it come in. And I love Don't that. Try it, to figure it out. I love that metaphor of the water because yeah, that's I mean, it come up a lot of different ways. I love that Bruce Lee also included it in his teaching. I didn't know that, but that's good to hear because water, I mean, I think you just said it, water gets in everywhere. Yeah. It's not, it's not like you, one of the hardest things to do is to keep water out when you want to keep water out. It just finds its way through the cracks. It so knows how to be in the flow. It does. That's literally. it. Be in the flow. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's it. Be in That's the flow. A thought right there. But water is a, is the wonderful metaphor. And, and I like the idea of thinking of, I'm going to be the water. I mean, that, that was a really good one. So 
thank awesome. you for that contribution, Linda, among all the wonderful contributions you guys gave us today. Um, we'll be picking up on this next week. Like uh, Rita said, we'll be talking about the law of sacrifice and the law of obedience, so be sure to join us for that. Meanwhile, have a great weekend, everybody. You ladies also have a great weekend. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, live streamers. Thank you especially to our podcast listeners as well. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.